Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Hotline League. It is an exciting one because there's so much to talk about. As the chat was discussing before the beginning of this, it's going to be amazing. Mark and I talked about finding a guest. A lot of people are traveling to Vegas for the um, eSports Awards, a very prestigious and very serious award show that definitely does not use leverage people's egos to get data from esports users that they can then get for free when they I'll have you know that they've it. never even contacted me. I don't have to check my integrity because no one gives a fuck about me. Awesome. Zale and Captain Flowers, they're fucking sellouts. Wait, are we live? Did we start? Yes, yes we are. Oh. All right. Anyway, uh but it is the off season free agency period still for quite some time, we don't have very much info on anything that's happening next year in the LCS, like broadcast days, start date, format, uh, anything. So that's a what, thing. What is what is Europe put out? Europe they 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 had their thing about um, changing the format. Yes, right? they put Did out they the format stuff. And then today, their dates leaked of the of the week. They're Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And then, which I assume means that there will mostly be Saturday, Sunday. I don't know. Um, and then also the MSI location leaked uh, today. Um, London. Are you from London? Yeah, it was reported by an outlet that I am forgetting the name of right now because it was an outlet that doesn't always because report the stuff. Because you're jelly that you didn't get to break it yourself. It was re reported by esports-news.co.uk, um, which makes sense that it would be a UK outlet, I guess, uh, reporting it. But does the worst accent? That was from Forgetting Sarah Marshall, you clown. You just out yourself for not knowing that. I love that movie. It's a really good movie. It is really good. Uh, so we're this is going to be kind of an open lines night tonight, folks. Um, it's hotline lifetime, dude. It's it actually time. Definitely last, not. Last week I said it was time, and then we actually had good topics, and I would rather still do like to prove that. This I'm not is the thing, like, I, chat. If you do not want hotline life, then you need to make sure that we have good topics for this. And you did it last week. You delayed. I did the curse. No, I'm saying to chat. I'm saying. They, the chat oh. delayed, the viewers, the listeners, they delayed the onset of the most cursed part of the show. And it's going to be extra cursed because if we get to that part of the show, I'm going to make sure that I've done both ads before then. And then I'm just going to leave the stream on and Mark is going to do Hotline Life without me because I... I'm going to be honest. I don't think I'm in a place to be giving people advice right now on life. You know, I'm trying to figure out some of my own stuff. Holidays are tough. Well, then you can, you can go for, say, uh, don't do what I do, I'm doing right now. Don't listen to this. Like, I've tried this and it hasn't worked. Do something else. So at least you're going to, like, process of elimination, give them ideas. Anyway, uh, so it's going to be open calls tonight. And these are sometimes some of our best episodes because people call in with crazy stuff because we don't try to. Why don't you help me in the Discord then to stop me from uh, just giving up and saying mark what have you been up. watching and consuming and doing lately um so finished white lotus that per the finale came out last night uh it did make me enjoy the season a little bit more it ended with like uh it, it did something interesting about like just the the like not knowing of some things and like putting you kind of in the character's shoes by also not telling you what happened you know um and you kind of feel they're like 
well, what was going to happen or what did happen or like this kind of stuff. And I actually, uh, I really liked it. I like that twist to it a little bit. Um, it was still really good. Uh, still, I think I like season one a little bit more, but yeah, I finished White Lotus. Uh, I don't know if I watched that much this weekend. What? It's been so long ago. When did the weekend start? Did you? So I went to the Game Awards and I watched the Game oh, Awards in shit, person. Oh, shit, the Game Awards. Yeah. And that was really cool. Uh, I was, I'm very, very excited about Death Stranding 2. Uh, or DS2, as I think it's being called right now. Dark Souls 2 came out? No, DS2. It's uh, it's the sequel to Death Stranding, and I am very excited about it. That was the thing that was most exciting. I haven't done a walking simulator. It. In a... Yeah. Yeah. It's a great fucking game. More people... I, I'm sad that the walking simulator thing is... I, I went back and rewatched Tim Rogers' hour-long review of Death Stranding because I was so excited about it. Um, and so, yeah. That's uh You that's saw Halsey? Did she perform at the awards or did you She did perform specific? at the reward awards as a uh, as a Diablo as the as Lilith from Diablo. That sounds they cool. did the Diablo 4 cinematic thing. Yeah, you didn't watch any of it? No, I, I think I tuned in late because when I started watching, like Jeff Keeley was already speed running the awards, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well he, <laughs> does, he does that the whole the time. Insight. But I yes. know, but you know, it was like the big ones. It was like best RPG and like, yeah, boom, yeah, yeah. this thing. Boom. Uh, League. Oh, Riot did really robbed. well there. I mean, I I really respect the Game Awards. I don't. I'm like a little more sus on their esports awards at the Game Awards. But for what it's worth, League of Legends World Championships did win best esports event of the year, and then they had like a bunch of Val stuff that also won. I think Val won best esport of the year, and there was a bunch of stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the the esports voting is always like what 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 is even the metric you can possibly use for that? Like if it's just viewership then that's lame. Are um, you more are you excited about Armored Core 6 from your favorite game developer? Kind of. So, I'll I'll say this about the just the overall show before we dig into some of the, like the specifics of of the categories and like games revealed. Yeah. I love Jeff Keighley and the Game Awards because they just like shit all over normal award shows, which put like their you know presenter out there just like rambling, filling time, trying to soak ads or so, like I don't know what they're doing. But Jeff Keighley just shits out the awards left and right. They just blast out content. They got world premieres shooting out left and right. Like I, I I'm sorry, I, I'm sad I missed the beginning of it because I watched like an hour and like so much happened in just that hour yes. that I'm like. Oh my god! Compared to most traditional shows, like this is incredible. I mean, what will be crazy is he will literally go, "All right, everybody, a, a multiple game of the year award-winning publisher has agreed to let us announce their first game or their next game. This is a complete honor. Here we go!" And then he'll play the trailer, and then it'll go straight to ads, and then he comes back and he's like. By the way, League of Legends won esports uh, event of the year. Like he does it. There's no moment. Like it's it's actually shocking because there's never even a moment where he like lets something hang. You know, like it's all yeah. it's almost a little too fast at some in some moments where you should be like, he doesn't even come back and be like, holy shit, can you guys believe that they just announced that game? Instead, he's just like, and here's an ad. You know. Yeah, um, I yeah, respect I feel it. Like if I, I get up, I miss something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I respect it. I it's really. It's really, really impressive. Oh, Arcane won Best Adaptation, which uh, is not not super surprising, um, but is also still pretty cool. Like, there was a bunch of, of cool stuff that happened there, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, to your Armored Core question, I'm excited. Um, I do like the fantasy aspect more. I did play a lot of mech games growing up, like Mech Warriors, um, some of the Gundam games, some of, like, the uh, 
what battle tech or battle vel velcross macross i don't know there's a there was a lot of mech games in the 90s and i played a lot of them uh, but I never played Armor Core. And it sounds like uh, Vadi Vidya put out a video speculating that it will be more Souls-like than the previous titles. Yeah. Um, because it, in one of their press releases, they said, like, taking some of the things that we've learned over the last 10 years or whatever. So I'm excited to see, like, what that looks like. Um, but, yeah, I uh, anything FromSoft does. I tweeted this out. Like, I'm pretty sure at this point I've been brainwashed by Miyazaki to do whatever he wants me to do. Like... This guy could get up and order me to overthrow my government, and I'm in there. You know? He was very. He was. We had. We had pretty good seats. He was very. Uh, he was pretty chill. Let's just see. Like you could just see everybody up on stage, and he seemed like he was having a good time. He's feeling. Yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's. He just wants to make good games. I need to play Hades because Hades two got announced. And I've never played Hades, and I've. I think I own it on multiple platforms, and I've never played it. I don't know if it's your type type of game. Do you like roguelikes? Yeah. Like, I played a shit like, ton of Slay the Spire, and, like, I love that kind of gameplay. Yeah, but dude. I mean, like, um, Binding of Isaac type roguelikes. Mm, I haven't played Binding of Isaac, so we'll see. Rogue Legacy? Uh, no. Uh, I have not done that. Slay the Spire is a card game roguelike. I'm trying to think of, like, action 2D platformer type, because uh, that's, that's really more what it is. Anyway, I'm going to try it maybe during the, the break. Yeah, go for it. I'm going to move this Alienware PC out to the living room so that I can play it on the big TV out there once Kobe leaves and uh, is gone for the holidays. And I'm here alone by myself again. Uh, I'm also most of the way done with The Lost Metal. You and I need to talk about it later. You need to decide if I you're going to read it or not because I don't want to like just blast stuff to you about it but i do want to maybe, talk to maybe you i'll it, so. just uh do what you do to me and just never do it and then tell you spoilers anytime you try to say anything about it you you've said some things to me that like if i was you i would have been like spoilers yes maybe I'll but also you, you have your not read any of the mistborn books and you have yes yeah, so spoilers you know what happens please. in all of them because no, you look you don't know spoilers because you're a fake brandon sanderson fan can you stop you don't like being shamed no, I don't, I don't like being spoiled. Some people take things at their own pace. All right? Okay, so what happened in League of Legends lately? So uh, we got this London MSI thing. Uh, we got LEC dates. We got you were you were we were talking about this before the start of this this show. But oh, you the talk freak about announcement. Oh, the freak announcement. Yeah, that is significant. That's a big one. If somebody wants to call in and talk about that, I think that that would be kind of cool. Unless your take is, I'm happy he's gone. Maybe don't call it with that take. We're not interested. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, 100T officially announced the their roster. League of Legends. 100T officially announced their roster, but it was stuff that we already knew about. The, vi the video was good. Whoever made that video, hats off. I, I did enjoy it. Yes. Compared to the, the typical one. I think I had even John said. John Robinson's acting could use a little work, but. Uh, on this show or on my other show, that uh, all you need is a pro player in a trash can. And uh, they did a good enough job with it. So uh, there you go. But I did like that. I want to film one then where like you're trying to put the pro player in the trash can. They're just not having it. Yeah. We're trying, to, we're trying to fucking announce you. And you're just trying to jam them in there. FlyQuest announced a bunch of their stuff. Uh, None of them were in trash cans. No, but you were you were talking about the ARAM stuff a little bit um, before the show started. Do you want to rant about that for a second? I don't like the changes to ARAMs. I think the debris is dumb. It cuts off so much of the lane. I don't like the lack of vision that suddenly you have because of it. I don't like anything about it. 
and I don't understand why. I, I need to go find their patch notes because usually the thing that I like doing is reading like what they're saying they're trying to accomplish with it, and then you can kind of argue why it's such a massive failure. But I admit that I haven't read what they think they're trying to like what problem they're solving with it because playing it, I don't know. It just fundamentally changes what ARM is. It doesn't like make it's like a linear change where it's like we made things made the game go faster. You know, like we increased damage. It's not like a linear change like that. It's like we we fundamentally how changed how the how the game works. It's like well, but ARM was successful. Like why did you? You just like deleted a lane out of mid lane, you know, like it's just two lanes of legal. You think it's like change for the sake of change, you're saying? Yeah, it's it's change for the sake of change, but like not like a balance change. The way like, oh, well, we just made like tanks suck ass now because tanks have been good for a while. Or like, you know, 80 carries are going to the bottom of the ladder. It's like they, it's just like a different experience entirely. Should you and I have streamed ARAM Clash this past weekend? There was ARAM Clash. I I wouldn't have done it. Why? I just like uh, doing some brain off ARAMs. I don't want to think about it. It defeats the point of ARAMs. Oh. What if we had just done brain off ARAM clash? <laughs> I guess we could have done that. No comp. Like, we are the rule is you cannot talk about the game at all while we're all in comps, but you can't talk at all about what's happening in the game. You just have to talk <laughs> you can about react, other stuff. But you can't, you can't talk about it. You, you can be like, oh shit, if you get like. Yeah, yeah, you can react. You could react, but you can't say anything about what's going on. Uh, no, co- no communication about it. We'd be like, um, like an LCS team, you know. Okay, here's here's the notes from Plutonic Poltergeist. Some parts of the bridge have been showing their age recently and started falling apart. Our goal with falling towers is to create more interesting situations on the map that break away from the usual straight line of ARAM. Now you'll have new choke points to think about. Fog of War to hide in, and terrain you can experiment with to create new plays. So yeah, like I said, they, they acknowledge that they fundamentally changed the way ARAM plays, which seems dumb for everyone who enjoyed ARAM to be like, wait, so now there's like... I mean, it's not fundamental. It's, it's only at a certain point, right? I mean, after you break the first turret, they, brought, they block off over half the lane at like this little choke point. And you're like, there's, there's absolutely no way to get around it. It's not like League of Legends, like the, the other things where like there's other paths. You know, it's like there's just one tiny, tiny ass choke point. It's, it's really dumb. And, and how much do you think this will change things? I, I put out a tweet that I expect it to be gone or heavily reworked by uh, end of January. Okay. Uh. What else? We've had... I think that's most mostly everything. That might be everything. That's everything, and I, I don't have that much more to say than what we already said in these intros. That's fine. We're ready to take calls. We've been talking for 20 minutes. All right, go pull someone then. You haven't pulled anybody yet? No, have you pulled anyone yet? No. Uh, you. So I'm handling I, all the calls. I said, why don't you every help time, me out Every tonight? time we do this, Mark, it messes with the situation because then you go in there... You don't remember what, and you're like, I can't believe Travis pulled this person, blah, blah, blah. You don't remember what Yeah, they, but that's what, like, on, I, I get upset spaghetti when it's days where we have good takes and I'm trying to keep things organized. These, I are, no these are good takes. Okay, well, I will start looking at the Discord, but then you have to manage the stream and keep the audio rolling. I'll, I'll do both. I'm still pulling people too. Um, but I also, we should, we Wait, should just Wait, then how, like, if you, when we both pull people, it's an issue because then we often pull for the same take. Like, we might yeah, end up with, like, three freak takes, you know? All right, well, then what? All right, you're fully... All I've pulled so far is that FlyQuest is going to win uh, 
take. That's all I've pulled so far. You can pull everything else. Peter, Peter's okay. A, that. Okay. You can pull everything else. I'll talk to Twitch chat. Twitch chat. Ashley and I have started doing a thing. We 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 have a problem where we uh no life. She doom scrolls and I just like DJ and YouTube videos and we accomplish nothing. Uh, so we this weekend we we've put in more effort into uh making sure we spend a couple hours doing our actual like interests and it can't be watching something. Um, so I have a dirty secret. I've never I haven't even been. Wait, I'm, let me pause really quickly as I'm reading these takes to to just say, guys like. If your take is something that we've talked a million times about in the past two months, like for instance, LCS schedule moving to weeknights, like we've talked about that a lot on the show, or uh, I don't know, LCS format stuff, we've talked about that a lot on the show. We're looking for stuff that's a little bit different than what we've had. And tonight is a really good night to try to get on the show, especially if you have a more unique take that is not something we've talked about a million times. Okay, go ahead, Mark. Um. I was just confessing to the fact that I've never actually beaten beaten Elden Ring, um, so I'm, I'm trying to actually do that because I just got I just got like busy and then I just never went back to it. Uh, I just beat Riker, Praetor Pre Riker, whatever his name is. Oh, also, I'm getting Ashley to listen to uh, Red Rising, which is something that Travis is probably excited about. That's um, it's a good book. Really enjoyed it. Listening to Lord of the Rings also. Um, just got to the part where spoilers for Travis. Uh, they just got attacked on the Anduin. So towards the end of, of that one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What else? How about you, Twitch chat? What, what are you guys up to? What are you guys doing for fun these days? Excuse oh, we did have the white elephant at Travis's house. That's something we didn't talk about. We had, had Travis's white elephant. Numi um, puts a take into the, into the top, topics thing, but then isn't in one of the channels. And she should know yeah, how this works. <laughs> That happens all the time. You have to you have to ping those people and tell them to join a room so you can pull them. I'm not. I'm not. If you're not in a room, then you don't know what you're doing. You're not getting on the show. I'm much more of a benevolent dictator. If if you have a good take and I want to pull it, and you're not in a room, I'll I'll ping you. Uh, the white elephant was uh, it was okay this year. Travis did have some patch notes, which I I appreciated. Um, there was a surprisingly little amount of stealing. I think it's because no one had that creative gifts. I feel like we need to up the price point to fifty. We upped it from twenty to twenty-five, and now it's at thirty. So we should do a thousand-dollar price point. I thought people didn't steal because they were all content with their gifts. I thought they just weren't enticed enough. Uh, I think we should do a thousand dollars. I think you would get some really sick stuff. Okay, I you think can finally give away all that Alienware shit you get for free. I got five people. I've already given away some of it. Um, oh, that was that was the one thing that was that got locked of, of every. So Travis has a rule that if something is is stolen three times, the third person to steal it locks it and it can't be stolen again. Um, it's like a specific item. So Nyut brought a, a Gundam kit, and that was the one thing that got locked, and it was the one thing that Ashley wanted that I was trying to, that we were trying to steal for her. Um, I think I think we have enough so, people now for now at least. Standard rule, standard sucks. Mark, you play standard in any any. Hello, any game. can you hear me, huh? Mark? What? I think we have enough people in the waiting room. We're good to go. All right, well then go pull someone. No, I can't do that. That doesn't work. That part of the component <laughs> doesn't. We can't switch. Why? That, it'll give Twitch chat the behind the scenes experience of uh. 
All right, okay, Walmart we'll goes. Thank one. you to Blue Jay, Aerohydrus hey, for Sky, thirty can months. Can you write the order of people? Fierce Logic, Playmat, uh, Natural Ninja for two years, uh, uh, Rye Bread, Scaff, uh, John G three six five, Adrenaline, Dasher for two years, and Cosmo Caps. Thank you everybody for subbing. I really appreciate it. It's a slower sub month. Peter JS is here. Peter JavaScript, where are you yeah. calling from? I'm calling from England. From England. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I believe that FlyQuest, FlyQuest will win Summer Split. Okay. What is? Can you? What is your accent? Um. So I lived in Texas for between the ages of seven to eighteen, but I was born in England and I live in England now. Okay. So in Texas dash England. Yeah, that is a. A complex situation. Okay. Uh, no take about MSI being in the... Did you hear about that at least? That MSI is reportedly in the UK? Yeah, I did hear about it. I'll pull up. But I don't think it's that interesting, to be honest. Why not? Uh, but I'll pull up. I mean, it's just an event. I, I mean, it's MSI. I don't know. Like, I'm happy it's in somewhere in Europe, but uh, it's okay. Is it... Would you be more excited if it was like LEC Finals or Worlds? I would be more, much more excited if it was Worlds, yes. Okay, but MSI is just not interesting to you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Okay, all right. We can uh, we can move on to your take, uh, which is yeah. one more time. What's the short version? FlyQuest will win summer. FlyQuest will win summer. Why not spring? Uh, so I think they're going to take a little bit of time just to get to know each other, and I think that there are other teams who will go into spring much more off the mark than FlyQuest. Okay. Why do you think that they're going to win summer? Okay, so I think Prince coming in, he's just announced, is immediately top two ADC, uh, just going into the league. I think he's that good. Uh, if Speaker joins as rumored, I think he's still really strong. Uh, and I think he's probably like top three, top five junglers. Uh, and I think Vikla is around top three in what is kind of a weak role in the LCS. Admittedly, I don't know much about like Diplex or some of these other people coming in, so I could be wrong about that one, but I think Vikla is very good. And the last thing that I think people don't think about is that Papa Smithy has such like a proven track record of making it to finals, and he has such a good eye for talent that I don't think is acknowledged the way that Peter Dunn is acknowledged for having that same like eye for talent and eye for strategy that I think Papa Smithy has as well. And I think he has a track record of taking teams to success. Um, not saying I disagree, but where, where would you point to Papa Smithy's eye for talent? Um, I mean, cause Papa Smithy like, in the chat says Papa Smithy sucks. So even he disagrees with you, but okay, give, well, yeah, give me, know, give me the eye for talent uh, breakdown. I mean, <laughs> you have to look at like, uh, like a hundred, whatever their amateur team was, right? They've now got, like, four or so, four of those players uh, in the league, and they have, like, had a lot of players from their, like, amateur and academy teams go up into the LCS. Um, and that, a lot of that was during Papa Smithy's time. Uh, and I just, you know, I have faith in him. I have faith in the Papa. I don't know. All right. I think one thing that's very interesting to me here is... And, and Twitch chat's kind of quiet about when you said this, but over this year, I feel like a lot of people lost a lot of faith in Spica. 
And so of all the things that you said, that was the most interesting to me. Not because I disagree. In fact, I have a lot more faith. I, I think fans are very, I mean, this is not a hot take, but I think fans are really overreactionary. And they will look at a player who's in a tough spot. Like, any player that's on a bad team is almost unilaterally considered bad, um, which is obviously not the, always the case. And so I think a lot of people lost a lot of faith in Spika. So you saying top three. I mean, top five is maybe not as much of a hot take, but you saying top three for him I thought was interesting, and I'm really curious to see how fans like react to the Spika announcement, which I guess hasn't come out yet, uh, even though yeah, it's like I the biggest rumored thing. Yeah, I mean, it should be coming any moment, I think. It doesn't seem like there's much else for him to get. Did you say in a moment, uh, you think? Like, are you. <laughs> you the yeah, way you yeah, said just, that made it sound like you're like, any minute now, we should see it pop up on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Pa Papa Smithy like in order is going to time it with this call. Um, it's going to be like one of those Instagram countdowns where they like have it and then it's going to pop up. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. Mark, how much are you, how confident are you feeling in this team? Um, I'm confident in the skills and dedication of this team. They've been working hard in the offseason and have made some key additions to the roster that I believe will make a big impact. Their goal is obviously to win spring, LCS Spring 2023, and they'll probably do everything in their power to make it happen. Ah, what makes you say that? Uh, ChatGPT made me say that. <laughs> is that how you're handling this episode? Is just ChatGPT answers? Yeah. Uh, I said Mark Zimmerman explaining why FlyQuest will win the LCS Spring 2023. It made a blunder, and I think it would have worked really good if this was a Papa Smithy response because it says at, it started with as the owner of FlyQuest, I'm confident in the skills and dedication of my team. <laughs> Mark so Zimmerman's secret things there. new owner of FlyQuest. Holy shit! Leaked by ChatGPT. We need to discuss that. Like, back in the coaching game, no way. Oh shit! Yeah. No, no, no. That's, that's <laughs> the ownership sure. game. I did, I did Travis as well, um, and it, it wasn't too bad. Uh, I said, write a response from Travis Gafford explaining why FlyQuest will win the LCS Spring 2023. And then it's typical Travis dodging having to commit to anything. As a professional esports journalist, it would be unprofessional and unethical of me to make predictions about the outcome of an upcoming tournament, such as the LCS Spring 2023. It is up to each team to perform to the best of their abilities and for results to be determined on the battlefield. My role as a journalist is to report on the events as they unfold, providing analysis and commentary on the matches and teams. I cannot and will not make predictions on the outcome of a tournament. I mean, that's even more milk toast than me. That's like way more milk toast. I make predictions. Um, Mark, uh, outside of ChatGPT, how confident yeah. are you that this team is lifting a trophy in 2023? Uh, if this team doesn't, it'll be a disappointment. I think they'll get one for sure. Um, really? I don't know if it's... Yeah, I think so. You feel like they're you... they're that far... Like, that's them versus the field, right? And like a t in a one, at least one out of two scenario. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I think the biggest thing that this team will face... On paper, they're the best roster. I think. The biggest problem this team is potentially going to face is uh, just, like, getting everyone on the same page and dealing with, like, kind of the personality, like, the um, cultural shock for... Was Nicola it you? We talked... We, yeah. We had a conversation about a, a team, which I thought was Team Liquid or something like that at some point in time, where you said... I think it was you, Mark, that you said, like, this kind of feels like one of those teams where you just sort of bring five players who all sound like they're good but haven't ever really gelled too much together and expect them to do well. And like, I feel when like it's that not that hard to say been right. that. What's that? <laughs> so when has that analysis ever been right? Uh, 
I think on multiple occasions. Anyway, I I've not, I'm just talking about for next year. I feel like you've even said, I I feel like you've said the same that thing about a team that is in a similar position heading into next year in one of our previous episodes. And so I, I that is why I am so surprised that you are so confident because I I it, like next year the league feels and we've talked about this before so perhaps close in terms of parity. Like there's a lot of teams that could, if they spike and overperform a little bit, be up, you know, compete for the top. And there's a lot of teams that are kind of like brand new. I mean, FlyQuest is, as I, I think I said last week, a, essentially like a brand new team for all intents and purposes. And yeah, none of those people have ever played together. Yeah. And, and like brand new coach, uh, again, brand like, Papa Smithy running things like it's going to be very very different, right? So, I that's just why I have such a hard time feeling so immediately confident. Like, do I think this will probably be a top three team in summer? Yes, but like, I don't have nearly the level of confidence that you do that they're going to lift a trophy at least one of the splits. So, and I feel like no, normally I, you aren't this confident. So I'm surprised that you are. Uh, it's because I'm bored. Let's have some fun. You know, no one's no one's gonna track this episode down. FlyQuest wins one easy. Right. Pop Smithy still in chat. Just gonna hit this clip that button. Uh, there we go. <laughs> uh, so I I do agree with what you're saying because like Team Liquid, if anything, has taught us the power of like not trusting brand names. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think there's quite as many like. I mean, they're not. Like, this is yes, not a brand name team, in my opinion. I would not describe it as like a brand name team. Not a brand name team, um, but I think in terms of like five really good players getting slammed yes. together. But I think there's yeah. less history for them to think that they're each like the do like top dog of their like a lot of those guys in, on the TL one have been top dogs kind of in their previous rosters. Um, I don't know if that's really like I don't know Prince's personality well. I don't know Vickless personality personality well. Um, but I do think there is a, a big concern that like. Yeah, they're good, but they never mesh together. Um, like, is Spika leading the early game? Is he doing what Vikla and Prince want? And he's, like, hating his life because he's just trying to, like, appease his, his laners. You know, like, uh, these kinds of things can happen. I would say, like, that was almost a situation with, with Dom and Piglet. <laughs> you know, Piglet obviously wanted attention bot lane. Dom didn't want to go down there. You know, like, th these kinds of dynamics can... Really Somebody comes over right? and they hate living in Los Angeles, which is, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, Another a, big problem. A very frequent situation. Uh, yeah, just come so over I, I like think there's hair. like a, there are a lot of concerns that this roster needs to take. If if you want my my like honest answer, I would also probably take the field. Um, but I I do think that they are probably the strongest on paper. But um, I think Impact is like they have such good laners in like all the important positions, and like I have pretty good faith in Ayla and Spika. I know like you were saying Spika had a bit of a down year last year, but like. It basically sounds like TSM was a dumpster fire until yeah. like that final iteration. Um, so a jungle in particular will always benefit the most and look the worst based off the rest of the team. If you take most junglers and put them on a team with the best top laner, best mid laner, and best AD carry in the league, and they just like are the dog of their team, they're still going to look like incredible. Um, so I need I need to pull I, it up. My brain is kind of in uh, just the fog right now because it's off season. But when was the last time that we had a kind of like full rebuild? team come out and win something in their first year is there any examples of that even in recent history i feel like what normally happens is you have, a, you have a team that's like they trade out like two or three players and then they start to win a ton teal when they got double 20, lift, was that a 
brand new. What was the the twenty eighteen roster? I'm trying to remember that that Cloud Nine roster that won in twenty twenty uh, one summer or oh, spring. The perks, excuse me. The perks one. Yeah, the perks one was kind of new. I mean, like Sven had played with Blabber. Um, but I don't think anyone else had really played together. How am I in Academy? How did I get here? You. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if the 2018 roster was basically brand new. But uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's all the TL ones when TL first started. It was a new super team, but yeah, Perks Blabber Fudge was new in the top lane. Um, Zven and Vulcan. There was uh, some consistency there with with Blabber and Zven. Twenty eighteen had I remember that was Impact, Xmithy, Pope, DL, Ole, and like Peter had played with Xmithy and Pobelter previously, right? So oh duh, fucking evil geniuses! What are we saying? That Jesus. wasn't a full rebuild, though, right? No, but like they brought in Jojo and Inspired. I think that's pretty big. They kept Impact Danny and Vulcan. I know, but But that I mean that's kind of my Vulcan. point is that that is my point. Yeah. They got is that I feel like what you normally ones. do is you um they, they didn't have Vulcan, right? They, Vulcan was new. No, yeah, they, they Vulcan was new. I just it's I'm trying to think of a time where you just are like uniting five players who haven't played together and then they just instantly click. And i not sure if I... Now, obviously, you can kind of get into the weird place where you're like, well, they brought in three new players or, oh, TL, like, these were three players that had played together previously, but then, like, they hadn't for a while. Like, there's kind of weird ways around it, but I don't... I it's I feel like that is my bigger bet for FlyQuest. My bigger bet for FlyQuest is they don't lift a trophy with these five players. They have to make, like, one or two changes to adjust the roster because it doesn't immediately click, which I think is, like... Not that, like that's not that should not be like offensive to anybody. That's like usually how these things go, and that's why that would be my bet. Is because I feel like that's the safe one, and I'm all about those safe bets, you know. As we know from Chat GPT, Peter JS, anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Uh, yeah, shout out White Lotus season two, good show. Um, yeah, that's it. Shout out Alienware. Shout out Grubhub, even though we don't have it here. But uh, yeah, thank you for having me. If you ever visit the states, you can, you can do that. Uh, cool. Thank you so much. All right, we're gonna take a quick break to talk about Alienware. And what I would love to let you all know about is, I know some of you in the past you've signed up for Alienware Arena. There is an Alienware Arena sweepstakes that is happening between December fourteenth and the twenty third. So that's in two days as we record this, but maybe you're listening to this during when it's already started. Go over to Alienware Arena, check it out, uh, and it's basically a ten day ten days of giveaways with thousands of prizes. They are, I believe, giving away an Alienware Aurora desktop each day, as well as thousands of other prizes like game keys, Alienware swag, Game Pass tokens, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So please go check out the holiday sweepstakes for Alienware Arena. I think that is a really awesome thing that they're going to be doing starting on December 14th. Um, there's going to be so much cool stuff going out there. And, you know, oftentimes I'm asking you guys to go check out their hardware, maybe pick something up. This is a chance for you guys to get something for free through their arena sweepstakes. Go check out Alienware Arena for doing that. Thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring our show. We love you so much, Alienware. I hope all of you love Alienware and we'll let them know because it's that time of the year again. 
renewal time where we have to renew all of our deals. Uh, it's a very fun time. And uh, you guys letting Alienware know how much you support their support of the show uh, and all the content we do is actually really cool. So thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring. Please go check out their sweepstakes on Alienware Arena starting on December 14th. It looks like Numi has already got a link uh, set up for that, um, which you can go check out. Oh, that's one of their giveaways. Um, but they have other giveaways as well. All right. Uh, Mark is back. What are you eating? Is that an apple? Apple. Um, who was is, who is next in chat? Do you remember? I don't. I just pulled them. I don't have an order. You usually have an order? You, you, you pulled them in an order. Oh, I don't remember what order. Why, why do you, like, if you pull them all at once, does it really matter which one gets, like, goes first? Sometimes, yeah, to be fair. You pulled them oh. first. Oh, I don't. Good luck. How, how else do you select? How do you select? You just fucking draw numbers every time you go in there? I don't ever go in gonna, there, I'm so I do, don't ever select. I'm, I'm going to do the Travis Gafford method. I'm just going to go in there, and I'm going to say, everyone predict the number one through five, and first one to get it right is is up next. <sighs> Off Mark goes. Thank you to... Where are we? Oh, a bunch of you guys subbed. Uh, that's very nice of you. Okay. Todd the Wiz. No Foolin'. God Mode. Frost Queen Ash for a year and a half. A large Farva gifted a sub. Peppers, Pepper Spartan. Three, yes, wide, uh, Pepper X, PhD, and Sneaky Deke, and then Magnarius. Thank you all for the subs. I always get really nervous about some of this stuff. People in the Twitch chat now putting out numbers. That's not how that works. Delfino wants VIP. Uh, Delfino, here's what I'll tell you. When it is your birthday, we will give you VIP. So whenever, let me know the day that it's your birthday, and we'll give you VIP for your birthday. Zamilkai, here's Zamilkai. Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from the United Kingdom, and I need to mute the stream because I forgot to do that. There we go. Uh, yeah, two back UK to back in a row. UK callers uh, to celebrate the leaked MSI location. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so uh, Mark doesn't actually know because you were the one who pulled me, and I had multiple takes, and you didn't confirm which of the takes you pulled me for. Uh, why did you put multiple takes in? Because I had multiple things that I wanted you, to talk about. I, I picked the the final take one that you had, the one that said final take. Uh, right. Okay. You know what? We'll uh, do the final take, and then afterwards, I just noticed your other take, which is also kind of interesting. So, we'll do the, the your your second take is like a little sideshow at the end. Okay. Uh, so my final take is that as an LEC and LCS fan, I am. Act Hello? Actually, oh. oh, hello. You're Sorry. Cutting out. My... You're cut cutting out. As an LEC and LCS fan, what? Uh, I am more excited for LCS rosters for the upcoming year than LEC. More excited for roster. Are you more excited to watch LCS or are you more excited to watch LEC? Zamelka. Oh, my internet is. You're good. Which one are you more excited to watch? Uh, I'm more excited to watch LCS. Okay. Really quickly, why? Because, um, for one, like, I just think that the LCS has more interesting team building ideas. And even when I don't agree with all of the teams that have been built, uh, 
uh, like a hundred thieves, I think will be a shit show of a roster, despite the fact that I like the younger players on it. It will still be interesting to watch, whereas LEC kind of just feels like half of the teams are just randomly cobbled together, and it's like, oh, we're bringing Reckless back, do we have a reason to? Not really. And it's just, like, LEC, like, LEC feels so weird, whereas at least, like, LCS's weirdness feels like it has some vague purpose behind it. Couldn't you make the same criticism about Doublelift coming back? Um, I mean, like... This is why I think that 100 Thieves won't do particularly well, but at least the 100 Thieves roster has both we got Double Lift and Bjergsen back together, and also the, like, we brought up... They're, they're angling for the whole, like, e.g., here's our rookie talent with the older talent, uh, like, sort of smushed together so that they do well together. And... Personally, I'm still as yet unconvinced that that roster will be anything other than a dumpster fire until it succeeds. But at least, like, there's more of a philosophy happening there. I feel like, um, yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So, as as a professional esports journalist, I've had the opportunity to cover both okay, the LCS whatever. and no, LEC. Mark, Mark, and I, I can say that both leagues terrible. have their own unique strengths and personalities. Okay. Well, the okay, so. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> let's get into this. Okay. And and then I know you kind of touched on it a little bit, but can you expound on the Europe part? Like why you think LEC is like less interesting? Okay. See, like I was going to go less into that because, uh, one, I'm aware that like the show. One, I'm aware. pride. Good. Sorry, Zimalkai. But like, uh, without without falling into the hotline league trap of here's me breaking down all ten teams in detail, uh, I would just say that like, I think a lot of like, LEC teams are just. Uh, you cut out every I time. Move. Okay. Oh. That was great, oh, Mark. Sorry, I my... thought I thought that was so funny, Mark. Thank you for sharing that. I I thought that was amazing. Um, sorry, but... my internet is doing me dirty. It's okay. On one uh... hand, I've got Zemelkai's internet cutting out. On the other <laughs> hand, I've got Mark just reading a robot. Um, so, Mark, <laughs> what do you think it means for the league that we've got LEC fans that are more excited to watch LCS than LEC? I don't think it means anything, bro. Well, great. Here's so I my. I guess I will be, carry this. I learned my lesson. Don't have fun. I was. I was. It was such a problem when I was having fun. I'll. I'll just not. I'll make sure I don't have any fun again in my responses. All right. I will do my best to carry this one on my own. Okay. I think that from the LCS side, I'm very excited about parity within the league. I think that there's a lot of interesting stories that are going to be told, and I think. That it reminds me a lot of when LC or LEC rebooted with uh, Mad Lions as sort of like the really interesting narrative and like Fnatic and, and G2 kind of falling off or Rogue and Mad Lions. I think we had a little bit of that last year with 100 Thieves and EG, but I think that this coming year is going to be the year that like blasts uh, the league to or like really reinforces that. 
And so I can understand why it is that LCS fans can be really excited because it feels like there's a lot of really unique and interesting storylines to talk about. And there's even storylines to root against. Like, I think a lot of people will probably root against Team Liquid because they don't like their roster building strategy. I think a lot of people will root against Thunder T because they don't want to see Double Lift and Bjergsen succeed. And so I think that that gives people a really strong reason to be invested in the state of the LCS. I think I don't know enough, to be quite frankly frank, about what LEC's sort of storylines and narratives are going into next year to, like, decry them as being less interesting than the LCS, um, which is why I would have loved to ask you about Zamelkai, but your internet's having an issue. So I don't know if you're in a better place yet, but like, okay, so are I, there specific try... things that are uninteresting to you about LEC right now? Yeah, so I think it's that, like, for one, um, as, as, like, a Rogue fan, I'm really disappointed that uh odo didn't stay on that team and by the sounds of things some bullshit went down behind the scenes for that to not happen but like i think losing the narrative of rogue as like that five defending their title now as koi uh, um takes one of the like really interesting narratives out but then i also just think that a lot of like the, the general theme of most LEC roster moves is that it feels like most teams have made side grades at best, and that, like, teams' strategies or, like, identity hasn't massively changed. And so, as like, as much as I love the LEC, um, like, our best team at Worlds this year was Rogue, and... Are like, and even then they kind of like did some miracle bullshit to get there, and I just I worry that like, although LEC format stuff and that will be hype, and I think that will be good to watch. I don't think the teams themselves are like actually unique or like. I know. I think like someone in Twitch chat pointed out the Mad roster, and I think that is the most interesting because it has the chance to just be an absolute train wreck or be like absolute god tier. But I don't think there's many rosters that are like that um, in the LEC beyond that one. Um, so like I don't know. I just nothing about them like makes me feel inspired. Well, inspired. Uh, I think. That the the rosters are slightly more exciting for LCS. Like I think Hundred Thieves has a nice like Boomer plus Zoomer combination this time, and Team T TLCK and uh, FlyQuest is kind of like um, I think importing a lot of big names from Korea, or at least like what should become big names, um, stuff like that. So I do think the the rosters have something that might appeal more towards people. But I also you know. I do think the, the format change is interesting, and we'll see if that's actually good. Um, it's it's very different. So, I don't know. I'm, ex I'm excited to to see. I don't even know if I'm excited to watch it so much as see how m other people watch the LEC. Like, that makes me excited to see uh, this, like, different format being tested. Um, and, and that is something that, like, ooh, if, if this works, maybe we can try this other thing. And that, that intrigues me. But I don't know if... That means I'm actually going to watch it so much as just I'm going to pay attention to what, how people are watching it even more. I 
why don't you go ahead, Zamelka, and say your your second part because I thought it was interesting once I saw it. Uh, is that the one that I labeled alternate take? The it was the UK one. Oh, the uh, okay, right. Um, I didn't expect to talk about this because I guess it's mostly an LCS show, but like, I just think that it's deeply ironic that um. The Riot are apparently planning on having MSI in London directly after they've finished murdering the NLC. So I won't spend too much time on this because I assume that the majority of people listening don't care. But the way that the European regional leagues work, certain leagues are called accredited leagues. And basically being an accredited league gets you more money for like to shorthand everything. It's more status, all the rest of it. And... It like warning signs have been showing for the NLC for a while, mainly when Fnatic took their team from NLC to Spain. But um, this offseason, Riot finally announced that they're unaccrediting the NLC as the NRL. Um, and so we've already seen like multiple NLC orgs announce that they're pulling funding, multiple like, and NLC isn't just UK, but UK is part of the NLC. And I just think that it's deeply ironic that, like, Riot is bringing MSI... And as someone who lives in London, I'm super excited to go see MSI in London, assuming I can get tickets. Um, But, like, I just think it's ironic that uh, we're celebrating the announcement of MSI in the UK over the dead corpse of the NLC. It's how they're making you forget it. Look at this shiny <laughs> toy over here while we murder your league. Classic. I, I Yeah, I just thought it was interesting for you to explain that because I did not have that context at all. Like, I didn't really know about the the UK stuff. And I think it is I – can, I, I can appreciate the irony as somebody who's just learning about the style of being like, yeah, here's the international event in your region that we just killed. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fascinating. Uh, yeah, no – uh, the person to go follow for that is uh, Jamada, who's done a bit of an LEC casting and is an NLC caster, and has posted a bunch about like what the yeah. Well, thank you, Zamelkai. NLC I, changes would mean. I think you're and, starting to oh, pop out again, so I'm going to let you go. But is there anything you want to shout out before you leave? Uh, so uh, shout out uh, Alienware. Shout out to the previous UK cooler. Grubhub is in the UK. It's called Justy. I use it and nothing else. Uh, I can't prove support, but I hope that counts for something. Uh, yeah, very good. Thank you, Zimelka. Uh, watch John Boy's documentaries because uh, he would love John Boy's documentaries, and he needs to watch them. Uh, so yeah, thank you very much. Very good. Thank you so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time. All right. Mark, you want to go spin the wheel to see who we get next? <laughs> Off Mark goes. Thank you to Magnarius, Director Donut, and ProStar for the subs. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's very nice whenever you guys support the channel. Hello, LCS Bree. I see you in the chat. Thank you for cheering me on. There are other members of Nayman who are being more salty in the chat. Okay. Uh, wow. You pulled him. Normally you save him for last, I feel like, Mark. No order. Okay. Let okay. chaos Here. reign. Except, except me speaking with chat GPT. Apparently that's the only one thing that's not permitted. Chaos has is reigning. Okay. 
Tom Shu is here. Tom Shu, where are you calling from? Oh, it's been a while. Uh, calling from uh, Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. What do you want to talk about on the show? All right. Can we talk about how like, the old people are absolutely going to ruin 100 Thieves in the LCS? Like, I remember when I was I was reading through the rumors of like all the LCS roster changes uh, this week, and I was noticing that you know Tenacity and Busio are are getting you know promoted. Okay, great, Academy stonks are rising finally. But then I saw they are going to like replace Abe, thank God, with Bjergsen, and they're replacing FBI with Double Lift, and I'm just like, oh God, oh fuck, oh no 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 no, they they can't be doing this to like two of our most hyped prospects in like possibly years like i can't imagine like what was going through their minds when they're like taking two of our best young process our best young prospects and putting them under the wings of the architects behind zero and six like like i i remember do you have any argument other than zero six because i don't know if you know this but three of our teams went one and five this year and so i i am I well, no, I am no, going to be a little more hostile in this situation, not because old? of like, oh, lol, he loves Peter, but more because, goddamn, am I tired of hearing about zero six whenever we well, had no, three teams go one the, and five. The old version of zero six was way more egregious back in the day because let's be real, like Worlds this year was a lot harder, right? Because they're just adding more Korean teams, they're adding more major region teams. It is a lot harder to get out of groups than it was back in the day, right? So it just makes zero six back then a lot more egregious, which is why we won't shut up about it, right? Well, I just don't. I think also, it. I think it's a lazy argument because, like, I think I think there are more interesting arguments, right? Like, oh, you could say Bjergsen hasn't. He didn't recover since he took his coaching split, and I don't think that's necessarily true. And Mark has seven blame games that would disagree with you, but like that is more interesting to me. Like, double if who knows how committed he is or how much time I mean, he's taken off or whatever. You, that is more interesting to me. Finish my point. Like the zero six that, thing is but... a little boring. I mean, yeah, I'm about to get to that point. But we were just talking about, like, how the whole TL thing imploded. And I think everyone can kind of agree that Bjergsen and, and Core, like, not meshing were probably, like, one of the big reasons why that completely failed. I mean, heck, even Bjerg completely admitted that, you know, he doesn't play well when he's not allowed to basically control everything that goes on about the game. Like, now we're taking two of these, like, large egomaniacs and we're just asking them to go ahead and here, here are these players. We want you to like develop them and take them under wing and learn them, teach them how to be amazing carries. And like, I don't know how we're expecting this to actually go on without a hitch. I feel like it's going to be a complete shit show. Like, it's just like asking like these two old people to come on for one last ride. And now like double lift is going to take Busio and he's going to look, he's going to like put him on a leash and say like, look, like you no longer have an identity, like on the rift, you now serve me. You are my pet. What makes you say right? he's going to he, do that? What? What makes you say he's like, going to do that? Look at what happened to Ole and how Double Lift like completely just like tanked Ole's career. Like he did the same thing with Ole. Like he turned Biofrost into a lane only support. Double Lift plays a very specific style. We play for lane only. Like if you leave lane, it's immediately like we're just going to start tuning out an AFK. So why didn't he do right? that and to Core JJ? Like if he did Wait, this what? with Ole and he like I just think well, it's very forget, he ruined Afro's career, Core JJ's career. Like uh, Loco Doco's career definitely got ruined for him. <laughs> I mean 
Loco's a different story. But with Afro and Core, they they obviously had enough clout of their own to like stand up to him and be able to like say, "Okay, I think we know better," and I have enough clout to be able to argue otherwise. But Mark, you've been in Is it all they, about they who has clout? Follower accounts. Yeah, just pull out the, the the fucking Twitter followers. But, but Bo- there's no way Busio is is ever gonna do that. He's gonna immediately like submit and bend the knee and kiss the ring and stay and just sit here and stay in lane like a good like a good boy, right? I, why? I think we were already there, there was already some talk about how like Busio is like the next NA character. Like why? Sorry, NA why did you 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 just said something? I'm curious why you said it. Why why is Busio going to kiss the ring? He is going to kiss the ring because Double Lift is arguably like the greatest player of all time and. Obviously, and you've seen it a lot with all these, like, all the documentaries, how, like, oh, my God, I'm playing with Bjergsen, he's my idol, I'm playing with Double Lift, he's the greatest player of all time. Like, are you going to sit there and, like, you know, as a new player and, like, sit here and argue against Double Lift? No, you're not. Right? You are going to bend the knee and you are going to kiss the ring and you are going to get in line. But you're So right? you're saying you shouldn't do that, but you should do it. Like, you should listen to what Double Lift says because he's the greatest player of all time, but then you're also saying no, that's I'm not, not saying, I'm not saying that's what he should do, that's what he will do. Okay. You see, you shouldn't you shouldn't listen to Double Lift because he's a washed boomer. Exactly, but gotcha. you will, okay. you will because it's like listening to like current. Tom who Green, who should right? he listen to, Tom? Like obviously he should. Well, God, I can't even say listen to the coaches because that's a, that's a whole other issue in of itself. Jesus listen Christ. to your heart is clearly the answer, Travis. God. Yeah. Listen to a techno song in the last twenty years. Yeah, just look. Yeah, just listen to yourself. Honestly, like go ahead, get out of lane. Like become the next, become the next Ole, become the next Core JJ. Like take matters into your own hands. But that that's besides the point. Like what we're getting at here is that you know we're asking like these two. I like players how we've been co-opted. What we're what we're all collectively getting at here, Travis, you, me, and Tom yeah, yeah, together, yeah, yeah. driving down to a point right here. Yes, exactly. But but the point is like what we're getting at is Bjergsen and Double Lift like controlling this team with their shit macro. It like is just not is just not going to work at all, right? Like we are asking, like, it, it, like this isn't like season five, season six, season seven anymore. Like Bjergsen and, and Doublelift are like not nearly going to be able to like dominate nearly as well as like they used to back in the day. Like dealing with like Vikla, dealing with Berserker, dealing with okay, not Gory, dealing with Palafox. Like okay, we we <laughs> we we don't need the full list of the uh, LCS lineup, but. Mark, what is it's true not, is you and I have work. not. It's going to be 100% Tom, Tom, flop, I'm going to mute we you. We need to just go ahead and accept Tom, it now. I'm going to mute you. I'm just warning you if you keep talking. <sighs> Travis uh, is power tripping. He, I can't even speak on my own show, Tom. I get muted for using, you know, outsourcing a little bit of work and I get fucking muted. Jeez, worse <laughs> than the Reddit mods. Oh my God. For real. I'm, you know, AI is theft, Mark. Um, so, <laughs> um, Mark. Spoken like someone whose job is about to get yoinked because they can't produce an original thought. Very true. <laughs> uh, Mark. Both Doublelift and Bjergsen have proven themselves time and time again on the Rift. Bjergsen is a world-class mid laner with a deep understanding of the game and an exceptional mechanical skills. And Doublelift is a versatile carry who can adapt to any situation and consistently perform at a high level. Holy shit, that's perfect. Oh my god. AI is terrifying. Mark. Yeah. We haven't really talked yet about 100T and this roster. I actually think we've talked a lot about like the ramifications of it, but I don't know if we have talked or speculated on whether or not we think it will be good or not or what it, like it can accomplish. 
your your temple grabbing right now. So uh, do you disagree yeah, with that, or you just you're a, no? You don't I just mean about. like I don't know. I feel like there's a little bit of truth. I mean, double lift. I watched double lift's like I'm coming back vlog. You know that he did. Um, and he talked about how um, he's been out the game for two years. Obviously, he's going to try hard if if he's coming back at all. Um, you know that he has the competitive itch because it's he's taking a pay cut to come back. And he wouldn't do that if he wasn't motivated. Um, but he also said that he's bad right now and he used to shake off a lot of rust. Um, so I'm pretty sure they're not going to be amazing right out of the gate. It, it kind of depends on how good, actually, Tenacity and Busio are. But assuming that they're just, and I say just, like just top half of the league, you know, like just above average for what average is in the LCS right now in their positions, uh, I don't know how good they're going to be like who who is who is the best in their role right now on this lineup that, that you could argue that they have i, I think maybe bjergsen's the closest or maybe closer when he's on form uh when closer's playing well closer was probably uh, better than beer last year right i think the jungle pool is a lot more competitive it's it's not like a fair comparison to be clear like jungle has a lot of good options with inspired blabber uh, Santorin, like there's a lot of people where last year was like Jensen or Jojo or beer, maybe. And even Jensen was like out of the league for half the time and kind of mid during the regular season. Um, Takoi, you know, like mid, mid was a bit of a cesspool. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. that sounds too harsh. Mid, mid was, uh, not the most competitive it's ever been. Um, so I think in that sense, like it's harder for closer to win best jungler than it is for beer to win best mid. But either way, the point is just that like, there's not like a, like, it's kind of the opposite of FlyQuest. For FlyQuest, I'm like, okay, they have people who are like legitimately, arguably best in their role in multiple positions, potentially. I don't think that's really true for almost anyone on Hunter Thieves, which means like they do actually need to gel and they do actually need to play well. And I think there's a chance that that happens. Uh, maybe Double If by summer has regained his form um, and is going toe to toe with Prince and Berserker, and it's not a problem. And like. You know, those guys, you know, people always talk about not having competitive people to practice against. Doublelift has competitive people in its role to practice against. There are some really good AD carries now in the league that he can hone up against. So, um, you know, I do think it by summer he, he might be more in that conversation. I don't think he'll come out and be the best AD carry in the league like he kind of was for years on years and years on end. So I, I do kind of see Tom's point a little bit. I think it's vastly overstated and more incendiary than it needs to be to just no. be like, hey, these two guys from, from Tom coming Shoe? back together again. No. More like it's not these Thunder Thieves Academy, more like it. Devil's so, what about Tom Shoe's sort of weird take about like we're ruining this young talent by putting them under these egos or whatever? Like, I like for, for usually, I feel like modern roster building has favored or like the community consensus enjoys the idea of pairing some rookies with some veterans. Like, people like that. You had impact on EG whenever JoJo and Danny were playing on it this year. So this is what happens when you start. Sorry, you, Tom. I was to uh, asking Mark a question, and I was curious them against about the wrong, the wrong, the wrong veterans. Mark uh, was thinking about this. Fine. The problem that we have to talk about with this is when you when you when you pair these young rookies with the wrong veterans. Ah, I see. Okay, okay. And you think these are the wrong veterans? Tom Shu GPT bot. Yes. What's that? Yes. These are these are the these are the exact wrong veterans. Yeah, right? these are the exact like, wrong it's veterans. Like, like, who has, it's like who has double F mentored? Who has he yeah. brought up? What like oh what did he bring up Ole? What we like we see how well that worked. Mark, but, but do you see, feel like, like there's like any 
any truth to the idea that these rookies are going to be put under the wrong veterans? Uh, no, not really. I think like Bjerg at least has played around a ton of young talent before. I mean, Tom talking about double if ruining bio. I'm, I don't know how you could ever make that case because it's not like there was this massive career before double if or after double if that um, substantiates that. Like, not to say that bio is nothing without double if, but just like it wasn't like there's this big history to make that claim. So I think both have played with younger players before, and I think it's really just about whatever their attitude is right now. If they think that they're the, the head honchos of this team, which I, I don't think they will. I, I don't think... Bjerg has maybe a strong opinion on the game, uh, but I don't think he's an egomaniac in any stretch of that word. So I think uh, it will kind of depend on coaching and the, the two veterans, but I assume they'll give them a fair amount of leeway. Like, they're not going to go up to top lane and be like, Tenacity, what are you doing? Leave leave top lane and roam mid and, like, use your Ornalt on my waivers. Like, I don't I don't know. I, don't, I, I can't see Bjerg doing that, so... Uh, quiet, I, I quiet think the young, I think the young talent has will will be just fine. Like this is a, a decent situation for young talent to premiere, and it's better than fucking Kenby on Immortals. Oh yeah, you know, was, like that's if, 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 that's, if, that, if that's if that's option B, yeah, give me option A with <clears throat> double lift and Bjergsen. Question: DOE, Please go away. Will Peter? I'm pretty sure he will be, assuming he's still playing in summer, be the first ever 30 year old on stage in the league. How old was, was Afro? Uh, so Azamu turned Afro, 30, 30 on September 8th, and I'm pretty sure his team had been eliminated by then. Did he turn 30 when he got knocked out? I'll double check that. Oh, yeah, I'm checking that right now, too. Because yeah. they, they made it to the lower round of playoffs, and they lost to TSM somehow, uh, which might have been... Like, uh... I, I don't know if we've ever had... A thirty-year-old on stage. Well, how old was Smithy? Was Smithy thirty? No, he was. I think twenty-nine. He uh, was about to turn. He's thirty-one now, and his birthday's in May. And Life he's Quest been out lost. for two years, right? So I think he was twenty-nine. Life when he Quest lost yeah. August to TSM, August twenty-fifth. Yep. Yep. No thirty-year-olds. There has to have been someone who was thirty that we're just not thinking of. I don't so think so. Long. I don't know. I don't think so because I remember tracking. Because, like, how many, who who could it be, right? Like, if Aphromoo is just turning 30, if x is just turning 31. Um, well, you have to account for, like, anyone who might have subbed in randomly. Like, even, like, uh, a Korean coach or something who, like, you know, anything could happen. I, I admit that I, I could easily have forgotten something. I don't know, Helios? Uh, God. Yeah, like, I don't know, one of those guys who just, like, played for right. randomly for a little bit. Maybe not, though. It could be no one. I think I think he might be, which I I enjoy a lot. I think that is very funny. Um, thank you so much, Tom Shu, for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller? Yeah, one the Vikla hype is out of control. Uh, freaking, I can imagine. Here's how we fix Hunter T. We bench double lift, move Bjergsen to eighty carry. We sign Yasui, instant title win. Trust me. Thanks so much for the call. We'll catch you next time. Have a good one. Chat is pointing out that if Solo is still playing and still starting for TSM in May, he will turn 30 and be playing on stage at 30 before Peter does because Peter's birthday is in July. So there you go. Thank you to Michael the Wise for the Prime, Robot Russ for 34 months, and ProStar for 15. I think it's over. Mark will be coming back in just a second. 
uh, and we will have Numi on the show. Numi, where are you calling from? I am currently sick, but calling from Southern California. Calling from Southern California. And what do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah. Like I wanted to talk about tonight was after watching Doublelift's vlog about coming back to the LCS and playing for 2023, I think more players should be doing that type of content about vlogging and um, just specifically just, just talking about like pro play and like their thoughts and stuff. Yeah, I do. Th so I when I pulled this, it was because I think the top comment in the Doublelift vlog uh, thread on Reddit was like, a pro player vlog in 2022. Uh, and uh, I think that it's just like, it's interesting to see, it highlights just how little content we get from the players themselves. Because Mark and I and others have spoken a lot about how disappointing the teams are when it comes to making content. And whenever people talk about players, they usually say like, oh yeah, the players don't stream, the players don't stream, the players don't stream. But this is a situation where we were just talking to a camera, and it's really appreciated. I think there were other people who have done this in the past, even in more recent years. Like, I feel like DeMonte had done it a couple times. Some players do it whenever they're, like, just leaving the league. If they don't get an interview, sometimes they'll just be like, I'm just going to drop a video. But it is rare that people do this type of stuff. Um, and I think it is very valuable. Um because it does actually show that the player themselves care cares. And I, it's not that hard. It's easier than doing a stream. Just talk for 10 minutes. It's not too hard to ask for. Yeah, someone just mentioned in chat right now that vlogs are much easier to watch than streams. And I completely agree, right? Vlogs are very curated content. A short amount of time span can be uploaded on YouTube, Twitter. Actually, Peter did upload it on Twitter, I think about 30 seconds of it, and then linked it to his actual YouTube channel. I'm not saying that pro players need to vlog everything or that pro players need to have a personality, but I like how the top comment was like, oh, we're getting this type of content, we normally don't see this, right? So I think like Doublelift explaining to his own specific audience and for people like me, right, wondering why he's coming back to pro play, it creates like hype for him, it creates an expectation and also kind of gives transparency to his own career, people asking why he's not a streamer anymore. Um, specifically, if we want to even talk about content, right? I think CLG and Immortals are actually streaming their Korea bootcamp. Um, I know Dokla, Palafox, and Tactical specifically have been streaming their bootcamp solo queue games. So there is some stuff out there, but I specifically like how Doublelift addressed his own career, not only to his own his own audience, but for LCS fans like myself who have not seen him on the pro stage and want to know why he's coming back. Zextrap in the chat <coughs> says that's because Doublelift has a fan base in all capital letters. Nobody as big as him. But I think that kind of is a little Catch bit of 22 right backwards there. thinking, right? Like if you're like, well, only players who have a big fan base should make this content. How do you think Peter got a big fan base? And if you are about to say winning, then you should go back and look at a, a subreddit called Doublelift's Trophy Case and look how many years Peter was playing before anything Use the showed way up back there. machine. Yeah. yeah. Um, because, like, that player was famous long before, like, you, I don't know, you do not need to win to become somebody who fans uh. care about. 
I really like number suck comment. <laughs> Double lift should do a name change to reinvent himself and commemorate coming back. Come out as triple lift. People are like, Palafox wouldn't get views or most player wouldn't break 500 views. Okay. So everyone being like, we should win. Right. But that's clearly not working. And that's con I'm not going to get into that discussion because we've, like, talked about it to death, but, like, if people want the league to stay alive, what kind of content are you looking for as a fan, right? Clearly, winning Worlds is not working out. Content seems to be working, but people don't want to stream, so, like, why don't you support the players that actually do that kind of stuff? I'm literally opening Twitch right now. Busio's live right now. Aphromoo is live playing Valorant. Dokla is streaming his own Korea bootcamp, so, like, you as a fan kind of have a responsibility as a fan to be upfront and be like, this is the content I want to see. So I don't, I am kind of tired of the argument of we need to win worlds. Like, okay, it hasn't been done yet. So as a fan, what do you want to see out of your players? Or what do you want to see out of your like content creators? And kind of demand that. Like, I'm not I asking I demand they win worlds. I also, the, the like, okay, so somebody said most players will not break 500 views. That's what Saint M says. So, like, I don't, I don't. They pro players are not teams. It is an issue for a team if they spend multiple thousands of dollars creating a video, sell it to a brand, and then it doesn't get more than five hundred views. Right now, as the person listening or watching the show, imagine you are standing in front of five hundred people that are listening to you talk. That's a lot of people. Like. It is in this digital age of content, it is easy for us to think like, oh, that's not that many people. Tonight we only have like we've been bouncing between seven hundred and fifty and eight hundred and fifty people because like there's nothing going on in the league right now. Because watching you want to use chat GPC bot. But that is not a that is still like a lot of people if you visualize it. And so I think it's just kind of a weird thing. Like, yeah, you know, if maybe five people are going to watch it. It's whatever. But it's if it's 10 minutes of your time, just talk about how you're doing. It's as much practice for the pro player to do that type of it, like have that kind of conversation and put it out there and like maybe get a little bit better for the next time they're interviewed on broadcast or maybe get another fan that'll show up and hold a sign in, in the audience for them. Um, and like it grows and it grows, it grows. Yeah. Um, I think it's Alan and the chat says 500 views on the first video, a thousand on the next video, 2000 on the next exponential growth will happen with regular content too. Like if you're a pro player and you're thinking you're going to play for the next five years or so, like fucking start making some videos and just do it consistently. And maybe you're never going to be mega famous, but like, I don't know. It's just, it's such a low lift. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of a, a cop out. I feel like to say it's only going to get yeah. 500 views. Furthermore, vlogs can provide valuable insight and inspiration for the aspiring pro players. By oh, watching the right. vlogs of their favorite pros, right. aspiring players can learn about the challenges and opportunities of being a professional gamer and gain valuable insight into the skills and mindset needed to succeed in the competitive world of esports. Um, I also feel like the effort it takes is actually really low. It's more about like committing to, to, uh, to doing it. Like Most of these players are way north of six figures. To get a cheap editor to slam together... Um, five to ten minutes of content that you're recording on your phone over the course of scrims, day in the life, some days at the LCS, like random little things like that. Um, answering questions like to because to, Doublelift's vlog. To be fair, it isn't even a fucking vlog. It's it's a Q and A that he's basically doing. 
standing outside his apartment on his phone. Like that was not a complicated thing to shoot. It wasn't like he was like getting cinematic shots of his like cafe outing that like is what a lot of blogs are or something like that, you know? So like um, acquiring the footage is honestly the, the biggest lift from like a mental capacity standpoint is remembering to pull your phone out and doing this kind of stuff. But then you, they have the finances to hire an editor for pretty cheap to just slam their shit together into a vlog and, and pump out videos onto a YouTube channel. And then like being aggressive with your marketing, like most pros are not obnoxious. Like shout, shout outs after being interviewed on the show or like doing a segment with the desk or like anything like that. Like just like you're in front of a hundred thousand people every time, at least when you, when you're out there talking, like none of them try to drive those hundred thousand people to their content if they are making it. Um, and if they do, it's kind of like that, like, loose limp like yeah make sure to check out my stream twitch.tv slash doklalol or something you know like, like but like, you, you can go really is, hard with your sellouts yeah like i and again like i'm not a pro player right i'm literally a fan like everyone else but like i've been doing any men stuff for the past three months and i feel like it's kind of taken off in terms of fan content and what people are looking for and my friends and i are making that content for fun like we're literally investing back into the lcs because that's the type of content we want to see in the space right? So I've learned a lot about marketing, branding, advertisement, and of course it's different for every brand and company, but like it is doable. And I'm not a pro player. Like I don't work for an organization. I just, like, I'm just a fan. So I don't see why like pro players don't look at that branding. Like you are making an investment for yourself for the next five years, especially if you're trying to play, not even in LCS, but in other regions, like you need to have a branding for that. And I feel like Doublelift making that kind of type of vlog, I hope inspires other pro players or organizations to look at that and look at their own marketing for 2023. Because we have a lot of interesting rosters. It'd be a damn shame if that advertisement doesn't take off or you don't take advantage of these pro players and the rosters they're on. I, uh, I, I really don't like it when people say LCS pro players are lazy whenever we lose at Worlds. Whenever they don't make content, I do like it when people say LCS pro players are lazy. That's where I will stand the LCS pro players are lazy argument. Uh, Numi, thank you so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time. See ya. Yeah. Have a good one. All right. <clears throat> it is time for a quick break to talk about Grubhub. Shout out to Grubhub for sponsoring Hotline League. A bunch of people uh, got Hextech chess codes last week. I really appreciate them. Uh, supplying those for everybody. That was very nice of them. Uh, but I do want to really appreciate as we have, I think we only have one more show this year. Um, one more Hotline League next week. And it's just been really, really great to have them as a partner for us throughout this year. Uh, we've done so many cool things with them like live Hotline Leagues, like TGI World's Tour. Um, I know we've given, a lot of you have saved money over the year by ordering on Grubhub with the codes that we've given out. And so I just kind of at the end of the year want to really thank Grubhub. Uh, if you all appreciate Grubhub sponsoring the show, you have a Twitter account, you have an Instagram or something like that, maybe just let them know. Uh, it's nice, I think, whenever they see people uh, from our audience, like reaching out to them and letting them know that they appreciate us um, or appreciate them sponsoring the show. It's really, really nice. And uh, yeah, I mean, we wouldn't be able to do this stuff without them. So uh, that's... No sales pitch this time, just honestly thanking them so much for their support and thank you all for really being, you know, shouting them out. I saw there was a TikTok that I did this past week and in the comments people were shouting them out. Um, so I don't know. It's just really cool to see. So thank you all really for showing the support to Grubhub and thank you support or thank you to Grubhub for your support of the show. Mark, do you want to grab the next caller? 
Sure. Okay. Uh, Michael the Wise is here. Thank you for the Prime. Dark Tarkanis, thank you for the Prime. Thane, thank you for the Prime. And Tree Bird is the word. Thank you as well for the one, or sorry, four months, the tier one. Gray's view is here. Gray, where are you calling from? I'm calling from the Iowa side of the Quad Cities. And uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Well, I want to talk about uh, how I disagree with Mark on ARAM and how there's too many stupid <laughs> patches. Is that the actual topic? Yeah, it is. Yes. Okay. Yes. okay. Why do you disagree with Mark? Well, I've been uh, playing ARAM for several years now. It's actually my favorite mode. Um, and one of the things that I have really hated the most was you play certain champions in ARAM and there's absolutely no way for you to flank. Um, so I actually enjoy the ability for these hex gates, uh, even after you lose your second tower, to get behind your opponent and actually do some flanks on the ARAM map. Um, I will agree with Mark that I think it's stupid that it falls and completely takes away one side that you want to work with. Um, when the towers fall down, um, I wish it would just like fall straight down and make the tower area a little bit bigger. So you have a little more terrain to move, but cutting it off completely is completely stupid. Um, but then also I think the bushes are a nice touch having it on both sides where I think Mark doesn't like that. There's not enough vision. I think that's actually something good to play with and, um, makes a lot of other champs a lot more useful. Uh, so... I don't actually hate the hex gates. I think it's a little annoying how quickly people respawn sometimes, but I, yeah. I don't think the things that we that you brought up as like positive changes, I, I hate, to be honest. It's mostly the debris, which I think is dumb. And the, the vision uh, combined with like some champions having no way over the wall and uh, having to walk through the choke point is why I hate it. Yeah. Um, but everything else I don't necessarily disagree with. And that's part of the thing that pisses me off the most about League as a whole is it seems like every new champ they bring out has to have a bunch of dashes. And every champ that is uh, relevant in today's game outside of 80 carries has to have dashes or you have to be a mega tank. Um, and I'm really getting frustrated with every new champ has just a shit ton of dashes. That seems to be like all they want to put in there because they just want more skill expression. So I think that's why they made it so that it falls down, so that those uh, those characters with dashes can uh, advance quicker or they can get away easier, kind of reward those champions in ARAM since they don't have as many flanking angles to you know pick from. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, for me, ARAM is what it is, you know? And like, yeah, some champs really don't want to be fighting 5v5s. They want to be off in a side lane split pushing. And it's like, yeah, that just doesn't translate well to what ARAM is. We're like, you know, Kale doesn't want to be fighting champs for quite a while, but there you are, stuck in it. So like, it seems weird for me to like radically change the map to like try and accommodate, which is just like not what these champs are good at in this mode. Um, and it ends up just like really throwing a wrench in how the mode typically plays. Uh, so that, that's my biggest complaint is like, I understand like little things to try and uh, improve the quality of life for a broader range of champions. Things like health relics, I think are great. You know, those were not originally there when you played ARAM. Uh, but I think debris is so much bigger than what a health relic is in terms of like, well, now there's just like different geometry and there's nothing you can do about it. There's not another path you can take. There's not like, I don't know. Feels feels pretty bad, man. 
feel like you have to be more skilled, especially if you're going to play like Kogma or something, to make sure you don't get trapped in there so you have enough room to move around. And, you know, the whole point of ARAM is to literally just team fight all the time. And now if you're adding even more skill expression that needs to be in there or more of a thought process, like, uh, I think you're catering this to the upper levels of league talent, not, you know, the people you're trying to draw in who play league for fun and aren't going to play ranked. They just want to play the nonstop fighting on ARAM. So you're kind of scaring away the people that they've been talking about, you know, the whole point of ARAM or um, the other game modes that they'll throw in there occasionally. So I, I, again, I, I disagree with Mark that all of the changes are bad. I think there's some great things in there. The hex gates as a whole are awesome. Uh, I like that they've added more vision in there. Um, and I actually like the idea of the terrain changing. I just wish it would fall down and make the area around the tower bigger, but you can still escape to either side so that you do, you know, get some benefit benefits if you have maybe Bard or um, Zeri that like to have those longer um, areas to go over when you're trying to escape or uh, chase people. Uh. Yeah, I, I, like I said, it's not all changes I hate. I, it's just the debris. And like you said, it's for people who want to just mash their face in team fight. And putting in a dinky little choke point is not really conducive to just being like, yep, here's the lane you run down. It, it's very different. Anyways, is what it is. Thank you. Thank you so much, Grazeview, uh, for that brutal and bloody fight with Mark just now. Honestly, a debate for the ages on ARAM. Uh, is there anything you want to shout out before we go on to our last caller? Yeah. Uh, can we cut it out with the patches every two weeks? It's fucking annoying, Riot. And then also, can I finally get a buff for Quinn? I feel like she hasn't been relevant for three or four years at this point. It's pretty annoying. Oh, yeah. Where is Quinn? Not around. She's She's been dead ever since Sneaky played her four years ago, and they realized she was too OP. And you can't allow that, apparently. Sneaky killed Quinn? Uh, Sneaky made Quinn relevant, and I appreciate it, because that's when I started playing her. Gotcha. Okay. You don't want to blame him. Very good. All right. Thank you so much for the call. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah. I, I brought him in to take you down, Mark. He was a sleeper agent. Yeah, I got humbled. I got fucking humbled. <laughs> Eating my humble pie right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to grab the last caller? Yeah. Uh, Mark is grabbing the last caller. Thank you to the Noblet for the 33 months. Thank you, everybody. I really appreciate when you guys all still show up, uh, even when there's it's a quieter week like this. Uh, it's very nice to uh, see you all hang out and chat and supporting and throwing subs and doing all that fun stuff. Last last caller's microphone is not working. Oh no! I'm gonna try um, and drag them. Hello, <clears throat> Kevin. Hello. Oh, there we go. Oh, hey, cool. Kevin Levin, right. where are you calling from? Yeah. So I'm actually here in LA, like super close to the Ride Studios. Oh, nice. Creep. Don't dox yourself too much. No, um, no, no, no. We're good. Uh, what, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, so quick preface, I am huge into music education, and I kind of see how things are happening over there, the growth and all that. And I feel like Ride should take inspiration. So... My take was, let me look for it. I kind of forgot it. Um, my take was that not many people are doing enough to change the culture of pro league. And I believe the way to change that is by changing the way that pe 
parents kind of see the game or like just gaming in general. So and you, oh, go ahead. Oh, my bad, my bad. Um, one big way is I think to make content on how pros can, I mean, kind of how pros change the perspective of their parents on gaming because double li- there's been so many cool interviews where and like small clips where pros talk about how they were brought up and how their parents didn't like the game but once they got really into gaming and they got into pro league their parents were accepting of it and now we have a lot of parents that are huge in the league community like caps um danny's parents are always there who else i'm sure there's more people like that but um yeah, I feel like. What, can you can you help relate this back to the music education part? Because that was kind of the part that yeah. I was interested in, but also a little confused on. Yeah. Um. So here in LA specifically, we have places like Colburn Harmony Project and some other like youth programs that offer free music education. And the cool thing about it is that they offer. I mean, the reason why those programs work and they are so alive and why classical music is still very much present here in LA is because they cater so much to the parents. They kind of buy them into the whole system of, okay, we're going to give your child lessons. We're going to give your child an instrument. We're going to teach them how to play. And they can do that for the, like, all, all of that. So... Is that because they want to sell them lessons? Like, is that is there like an economic incentive essentially? It's just more of a what is it? It's more of a life incentive. It's just a really cool, um, a really oh my goodness! They're Sorry, just doing I it just like altruistically. My, it sounds like. Yeah, I just saw someone say ADD brain. My bad. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Um, so, the way that it connects is just that. It's more about the buy-in that the parents have, and I think that the league doesn't have enough of this buy-in. And in how I relate this to music education is just that um, they give so much resources and give them a way of not being home and all this and that, and just just not being home and giving them more to do than just... Oh my yeah, God, it becomes cool. like a really cool opportunity for yeah, yeah, yeah. The, their, and they get their to child. perform at this and that. Cool. So okay, so uh-huh. it sounds like you're kind of suggesting, hey, there is if we want more LCS fans to, or we want more players in North America to play League of Legends, there needs to be a lot of work that's done to change the image of playing video games from something where it's like, oh yeah, these are is Ashley okay. Um, where it's up, it's instead of it being a situation where it's like, oh, we need to do the work where it's like, oh, this is a, a thing that people do and it's toxic and playing video games is bad and bad and bad to turning it into like, Hey, this is a really cool opportunity that can become something real for people and can give them like a place and a community and all that type of stuff. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, Um, of course. And it sounds like this is how music is. This is, there's like a lot of classical music programs in LA that do this. And so perhaps people could replicate that. I think that's interesting. Go ahead. Oh, I think one really cool point that I kind of see is maybe make content about how the parents see the league and put it onto the LCS broadcast. That's something that I thought of. And I, I do like that. I think it's just tough because there you're making content about parents and you're putting it out towards like people who are already bought in on league. 
But I think there's an argument to be made that like having that content out there where it is something where like even you know students can show it to teachers or their parents or whatever as a means of like helping educate them on how cool these opportunities can be and like what the stories are basically being like here's a video that you can show people to show like League of Legends is not this miserable terrible thing that like people are going to do and then become misanthropes instead it's going to be something um, much cooler uh, and I think that's fair um, even Andrew Barton from EG in the chat says lots of parents are supportive in Valorant quite a few who take part in Twitch and Twitter um, and yeah when I went to Magic the Gathering Summit I also saw a um, uh, there's, I met a young woman there who is also like p competes professionally, and it was really cool to see that her dad is like really supportive of that, and, like goes to all the tournaments and stuff with her. So, I think having something like that can be really cool. Uh, Mark, did you play professional sports when you were growing up? Was there anything like this a equivalent for you as a young play play professional sports? Not professional. Uh, did you, yeah, did you play traditional sports? Yeah, I mean, I, I played basically everything growing up um does he I mean, resonate the idea with you? Of it somewhat i mean the idea of it being like basically after school activities the other thing you're, you're able to sell pal uh, parents is like it's healthy um and your kids will be outside exercising like all these kinds of things where i think gaming doesn't quite have that um and like you said you're gonna have to spend resources on education essentially of why it's worthwhile to let parents or like why you should whoever is running this, you should give, I don't know, not ownership, but like give your kid to them for a couple hours at the end of a day or something. Um, so like it is, I think a lot of education and like, how would you set this up? And like, you know, you have to have a relatively large scope to, to make it actually funnel people into the game and not just be like an after school hobby. Um, because like all the other things that you're comparing it to, do have that they're like multi-tiers that you can go to so it's not just like you have this after school thing or like a program that you sign up for but then like even for like classical music i know there's competitions and like you can go to places and do things and all these like different tiers to it before you reach like the end goal which is doing it professionally for a living um and so like i don't know it does feel like uh, lcs is missing so much infrastructure along the way not just the like hey parent do this kind of part. Definitely. Can I just real quick? So when I talk to my parents in a music program that I work at, the reason why it works so well and the reason why parents are so bought in is because it gives the their kid a future. And I think that's something that LCS is kind of missing. That's why I'm that's why I have this take is that LCS doesn't really say much to their future, like what happens to their kid in the future, how does that affect them? And so if they can kind of show like our, you know, gamers can get to be coaches, can be this, can be that, it kind of creates the longevity of of that and it kind of gives them like a promise to the parents being like, okay, yeah, my kid can definitely do that. They have a future. And I think at the end, that's what parents really care about. Very good. Well, hey, thank you so much, Kevin, for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we start to wrap up the show? Um, just want to go shout out, like, check out the LA Phil. They always play some really cool shows. Um, and just check out the community. Cool. Very good. Thank you so much, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah. See ya.
All right, that is the show. Bit of a shorter one this week because uh, it's just a, a much quieter week. Next week will be our last show of the year, and then there will not be two. There will not be Hotline League for two weeks, and next week's episode is going to be what we always do at the end of the year, where <clears throat> we do a look back on all of 2022. So think about maybe the things that you really liked about this year from from League and from League Esports, the things you didn't like, the stories that you thought were not talked about enough, like maybe something where you're like, oh, I had maybe this is a great episode where if you had a take about how Team Liquid would fail uh, that you called in January of this year, call in and like brag about the fact that you have that take and uh, talk about how you predicted it correctly. So. Talk a lot about 2022 um, next week, and that'll be it. Mark, what do you want to shout out? What do you want to plug? What if we have breaking news that we have to respond to between in like the, the weeks off? What if something big happens? Like what? Like uh, the LCS. Mr. Beast joins the LCS. What if that happens on December 28th? What are we going to do? Um, I don't know. Won't you, you won't even be in LA, will you? Yeah, I will. Oh, really? I thought you were going yeah. to the East Coast. You don't even listen to me. So you will be I here. I, told, I don't think I told you. I yeah, won't be I alone. I'll have a friend that's going to be a block uh, away fuck. from me. Uh, fuck. I will finally have somebody to be with during the holidays. Uh, well, Mark, if that happens, then we can spend time together. You can even come over to the apartment. Kobe won't be here, so you can just spend the day together and we can do a full day-long episode talking about it. Mark, do you have a blame gamer you think coming out this week? Uh I I hope to. You know, you you know. We both know. It just needs we just need, you know. Mm-hmm. Arahydris in chat says, but sad alone, Travis holiday streams are my favorite. Wow, that is <laughs> accurate uh, in a very strong way. That is both. Yeah. All right. That's the show, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for coming and watching. Come back next week whenever we talk about it. Also, uh, this Wednesday, there's a special episode of Rift Reaction where we are making an announcement. So. Uh, maybe tune in for that one. Uh, but anyway, thanks, everybody. This has been Hotline League.